I grew up, you know, just me and my mom. So a lot of the conversations and like career trajectory stuff had been planned out, you know, in 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 conversation with her. So growing up, I I was definitely on the kind of road to uh, law and business. I wanted to be a sports agent at, at that time. Um, I was like, you know, I can't, I can't be Michael Jordan, but I can be David Falk, <laughs> yeah, as agent, yeah, like, right. and I can get that three percent of thirty million. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Let's do that. So that's what I came to uh, college with, and um, throughout my freshman year, I started taking uh, econ courses. Um, we didn't have an undergrad business major. And at the same time, I was taking an African-American literature course um, that really opened me up and uh, just began to see the potential. And I don't think I had understood, one, like the possibility of studying like Black life after as like a field, like a discipline, right? So uh, I think that's where where it started for me, how the connection worked out. This is What Are You Going to Do With That? A podcast where we explore everyday folks' decisions to study the humanities as undergraduates and their pathways to fulfilling careers. I'm Scott Muir of the National Humanities Alliance, an organization dedicated to promoting the value of the humanities on campuses and in communities. In this episode, we meet Brandon Williams. Like many students, Brandon gravitated toward the humanities as an undergraduate at Duke University because he experienced personal growth as he analyzed his own lived experiences and explored the lives of others across time and space. Then came the inevitable question, how does this intellectual passion translate to opportunities in the workforce? Brandon's story shows how pursuing the issues one cares most about through the humanities can open doors to unforeseen opportunities. After college, Brandon spent a decade engaged in youth and community development work in Rancho Cordova, California, and Durham, North Carolina. Today, he is a consultant with Frontline Solutions, helping foundations and nonprofits from across the country support the people and communities most impacted by systemic racism, poverty, and injustice. Let's return to his story to learn how Brandon has applied the knowledge and skills gained through his African-American studies and English degree to make positive change in his community and beyond. I think I often think of this journey not starting until my sophomore year in college, mm-hmm. uh, taking an African American literature course, and so I really credit that that class um, in a in a deep way, allowing me to think about how just like the everyday life of black folks, like even my everyday life, yeah, um, was uh, worth exploring and digging into, and could be you know uh, a model for thinking about what kind of uh, human life more broadly, right, was about. And when people talk about asking the big questions of life, et cetera, like we're, we're always asking those questions inside of some kind of cultural framework, um, you know, tradition. Um, and and it was uh, made, you know, explicitly clear in a kind of profound and powerful way that like I could do that just from within uh, Blackness, you know. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that that wasn't, wasn't present for me um, prior to, 
and definitely not in in my econ courses, but that that black life itself, like you know, could be the the idea. Uh, I think was the revelation and a, a really powerful one that that stuck with me. One of the um, tasks we had in the class was to write a kind of a personal essay. I wrote about a police shooting that had happened in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. My uh, senior year, or maybe maybe it was my freshman year in college, there was a young black man who was shot in the back by police as they were pursuing him for like warrants related to traffic violations. Um, and um, there was an uprising in Cincinnati that took place after that. And that ability to, again, kind of take that experience, bring it into the classroom and think about it as worthy of kind of thinking deeper about and, and to be in conversation, right, in a class with other young Black people, a Black professor um, about these kind of issues uh, was was really valuable um, and important. Uh, and I uh, was able to merge uh, kind of my uh presence and engagement with hip-hop culture into my academic studies as well. My my sophomore year, I, I want to go study abroad. So I, I go to Ghana. Um, the course that we're taking there is like a political science course. Uh, we had to write a research paper. Uh, my The faculty director on the program knew that I was interested in hip-hop a bit. And so he kind of shares with me, there's kind of a, a budding scene in Ghana and wrote a paper that summer um, kind of on the history of uh, hip life and hip hop in, in Ghana um, that ended up turning into my senior thesis. So I, I go back uh, the summer after my junior year and do some more independent research. And uh, that was just hands down, like one of the most amazing and empowering experiences of my life. But, you know, I probably interviewed over 50 people for that project. Mm -hmm. um, you know, music artists, producers, fashion designers, you know, folks in communications and entertainment. Um, and being able to take all those different threads and, you know, come up um, with this thesis, I think really set the course for me, uh, understanding that, you know, if I had an idea um, that I wanted to see come to fruition, that you know, I had the skills and abilities to go out and like connect with people um, who are related to that idea could kind of help build it out uh, and 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 turn it into something. So I ended up double majoring um, African, African-American studies and English and uh, came to the English by way of realizing I, I'd taken a bunch of FM literature courses. I was like, oh, I actually only just need a few other English courses to get the major. So let, let's do that. And I think one of the one of the powerful things it, it did was allow me to start seeing connections and like um, perspectives on kind of non-Black authors, writers, works um, that, um, that I may not have seen, you know, previously. So for instance, I took a class on William Faulkner um, and able to, I think, come to understand and uh, appreciate uh, the way Faulkner was trying to grapple with race in the South um, and uh, being able to really kind of pay attention to the way he wrote Black characters. And and um, and so 
I think some of that kind of insight um, was was super helpful for me. I remember my uh, last last year of college, like um, going into the winter break, I had a freak out moment, right? Where I was like, what am I going to do to make money? But ultimately, I think, you know, I was able to overcome that and and really see that there's more than one way to make this uh, degree work, more than one way that um, this way of learning and understanding the world would be uh, practical in terms of kind of the things I would do later in my life um, and would add value, you know, to to a number of professions. I looked into AmeriCorps programs spring of my senior year, um, had a good friend um, from childhood who had just gotten married out in Sacramento, California, and uh, mentioned that I was, you know, had started to make music. We had kind of a mutual interest in making hip hop music. Um, so it was like, I'm going to go out to Cali, do AmeriCorps for a year, apply to grad school, make music with Justin, moved out to California, August of 2006, um, start working at the Folsom Cordova Community Partnership um, with the Folsom Cordova Unified School District um, as a VISTA. And that was a really phenomenal experience doing all kinds of kind of academic enrichment and um, kind of leadership development programs. I really have a passion for like community and, and working with youth. My time as a VISTA um, really kind of deepened that passion for working with young people. Ended up spending a second year doing VISTA out in Sacramento. Our organization was applying for a huge grant from this year, Health Foundation, um, really focused on on youth development um, and strengthening like families and communities to support young people. And I, I think about my experience uh, writing my senior thesis, drawing on the prior experience that I had from undergrad um, studying the humanities in in this grant writing process where we had, you know, different community stakeholders, different uh, organizational partners at the table, um, each that were going to contribute different things uh, to this grant. The ability to kind of hear from different folks, um, understand the nuances, you know, behind kind of what people are bringing to the table and can then weave that together um, in, in into a grant that you know, we secure six hundred thousand uh, dollars for uh, was was really powerful. So move moved back to Durham in two thousand and eight, um, working with a neighborhood based youth organization um, in the neighborhood where I live now, Walltown, and um, doing some uh, kind of small business coaching. Um, working with folks coming home from prison. Uh, so doing a kind of <clears throat> variety of things and kind of the community development space, still kind of with thinking about young people at, at the core of that. So living in, working in uh, the Walltown neighborhood in Durham, which is a historically black working class neighborhood uh, named after a man named George Wall, who um, was enslaved in North Carolina in Randolph County. Um, and after emancipation, uh, recruited to work at what was then Trinity College out in Randolph. You know, Trinity moves to Durham in the late 1890s uh, and will eventually become Duke University. 
And when Trinity moved to Durham, they invited George to come. He accepts that invitation and settles in uh, what is now known as the Walltown neighborhood. And um, I mean, Walltown is an amazing community, Um, you know, just a rich legacy and history. And I think that experience of, you know, engaging in kind of African-American literature and storytelling in undergrad uh, really resonated with my time in Walltown because uh, I saw the way in which longtime residents, you know, use storytelling um, as a way to kind of uh, not only kind of keep alive like the legacy of the neighborhood, but also to think about and imagine like what it means to to live now and engaging young people in that learning um, and thinking about kind of the possibilities of of what we could do um, together. And uh, that time um, led me back to, to graduate school. Um, I ended up going to divinity school and really with the interest in trying to figure out how to think um, theologically, philosophically about uh, community economic development work and, and wanting to have that kind of lens as I entered into that space, um, came out of grad school and um, the youth org in Walltown that I was working for before um, had an opening for the director position. So I, I, I got that um, and spent about five and a half years just working with young people and, and families in the Walltown neighborhood, uh, doing all kinds of things, you know, we had a kind of big emphasis on entrepreneurship and financial literacy, um, but also started to think a lot about civic engagement and advocacy. Um, Gentrification was starting to really have an impact on the neighborhood during this time. Like, how do you um, advocate for the things that you need in the midst of kind of larger systems that um, are seeking to um, you know, undermine and and displace you from from the land that you've called home for um, you know over a century. So we, we thought a lot about um, what it meant to try to uh, create affordable housing, housing infrastructure. Um, you know, built a home where we try to provide some space for young adults to return back to the neighborhood and uh, be engaged. Um, so some really great work um, that I think has uh, had a lasting impact. Kind of, I'd spent you know most of my career at that point in really hyper local context. Was able to take that ten years of of experience and expertise and say like, now's the time for me to try to kind of leverage this in a different way professionally. Kind of thinking about racial justice, racial equity from kind of a, a larger scale and scope, um, state, national. And so I went to work for an entrepreneurial ecosystem building organization called Forward Cities um, that's based in Durham. Um, that tries to look at how cities can support entrepreneurs of color um, and and really kind of access to capital and training and support and, and really enjoyed that work. Uh, I was responsible for kind of building out our a national learning network, um, helped to facilitate a, a statewide economic development conference um, here in North Carolina. Um, and so it's a really great experience. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I felt like it wasn't the best fit and wanted to to pivot more into some consulting uh, work. You know, one of the things I you know imagine a college would do would provide, you know, access to networks of folks. Um, and when I was an undergrad, 
I met a guy named Micah Gilmer, who was a PhD um, in cultural anthropology and uh, kind of just kept tracking with Micah over the years. He he and his wife lived in the Walltown neighborhood uh, for a long time. Uh, and uh, so when I was pivoting out, Micah was a co-founder of a consulting firm called Frontline Solutions. And, and Frontline had an opening that I applied for. Um, and I've been there the last three years and it, and it worked out, you know, it's been working out. It, it really started kind of with um, engaging and investing in the lives of folks at Walltown. And I'm trying to kind of take that learning um, and experience and and replicate, you know, um, in this kind of broader network of, of organizations and clients that we work with now. And uh, being able to see the value um, on the kind of projects that I'm working on now has been has been really powerful. Primarily working with foundations um, and mid-sized to large nonprofits across the country. I have a framework called the Equity Footprint that we use to help organizations. Um, but but really, we do a wide range of things: strategic planning, really innovative research. You know, helping folks think about how to invest in kind of black ecosystems for social change. Really, um, and and it's been a place where. Again, like where we think about like the centering of Black life in kind of my AFAM studies uh, degree, like Frontline has really taken that approach in the way that it's built out the firm um, and knowing and believing that there is uh, a wealth of Black talent out there uh, that an organization can build upon and create like a culture around. It, it's been phenomenal. Um and I think that it's allowed me to kind of tap back into some of the the roots of my undergrad degree. Been working with the United Way of the Greater Triangle mm-hmm. for um, a couple of years now, and um, we've kind of been with them on a, on a journey as they've sought to um, deepen their kind of racial equity analysis um, and think about what that means for their work here locally. We're working with them on a strategic planning project right now. Um, you know, it's like, I know the organizations that they're investing in. I know mm-hmm. the the issues. And so um, that's that's a really powerful project for me. At Frontline, I think the way in which it's like really expanded is that, you know, trying to do that with large institutions um, and organizations across the country that are, you know, have the resources, right? The, you know, philanthropic sector kind of wields power in this way. Um, and so we're really trying to shift the way those power dynamics to impact communities um, by, again, trying to center the folks who are at the the heart of the issues that we're grappling with in terms of kind of institutional racism, structural injustice. The Gates Foundation partnered with us to better connect with organizations on the ground that were advancing economic mobility and addressing structural racism, creating that community of practice um, and, and trying to elevate their stories um, across a, a broader network. Also understanding that, you know, these are the kind of moments in which um, large white institutions, um, you know, get self-reflective. Um, some who are like really trying to go on that journey, some who are just going to like uh, make statements, you know, because it's what they need to do for PR. Sure. Um, but but saying to ourselves, like, you know, well, we'll, we'll take this, time to be able to uh use our expertise and um and skills and and knowledge and make an impact in a way 
in which maybe folks weren't thinking about initially and but but you know they're gonna learn today and the the ability to be able to do that with some of the kind of largest foundations in the world is is really amazing and inspiring one of the things that you know maybe makes us unique as a as a species right like is this ability to um, reflect and try to make meaning, um, sense of our lives here on the planet. And I think the humanities, um, you know, just does that in a way in which, uh, other disciplines and, and fields, um, don't, um, and it provides a way for us to think about who we are, how we can create, um, a more just world, what is it? What does justice mean? The great poets of of any culture um, or tradition will have things to say that the great engineers may not. Right? It's, I mean, I'm not sure if there's a more pressing question than like, um, what does it mean to be human? And like, you know, what does it mean for us to live together well um, on this planet? And I think those questions really start in the kind of thought life of people. Um, and that to me is what the humanities really allows you to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say like, yeah, if you're a young person, like invested in the future of humans on this planet, um, you you better be invested in the humanities because those are the kind of traditions and fields um, where you get to kind of explore, plumb the depths of kind of how we've been trying to address those questions, you know?